calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. I'm Jason Voss, CEO of Active Investment Management Consulting. Thanks so much for joining us. Joining me here on set is a friend, in all disclosure, Claire Flynn Levy. Um, she's the CEO of Essentia Analytics, uh, and I'll let her tell, talk about the firm. Other parts of her background, potentially relevant, right? Good lens credibility, is the fact that you spent 10 years as a fund manager at Deutsche Asset Management, mm -hmm. and you're the founder and CIO of Avocet uh, Capital Management, a hedge fund. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thanks for coming, Claire. It's my pleasure. All right, so talk, let's, let's, let's like, this is such an interesting business. You and I talked about this years and years ago, even in the germination stage. Mm -hmm. Why did you start Essentia? Like, what did you see the need for uh, that later developed into the company? What was going on? Well, so uh, as you said, I was a fund manager and I was a tech fund manager in the late 90s, which was a privilege. Um, and, and <laughs> you know, because my performance was very good, being in the right place at the right time as it was, um, I got recognized for being very skilled. You know, I, all, the industry is set up very much around rewarding people for performance without necessarily acknowledging that performance isn't a measure of skill. It's a measure of outcome. And hopefully it's a function of skill <laughs> to some extent, but there's a lot of luck involved. And, and so when the markets turned downward and suddenly I wasn't making money anymore and people started asking questions and I started asking questions of myself, what I really wanted to know was how can I maximize my return on energy expended? You know, I've got 24 hours in a day. I had at that point a staff of maybe eight people on my investment team. So limited resource. And how do we make sure that we're spending our energy on the things that we're actually good at, where we have a competitive advantage and stop doing all the things that we're habitually getting wrong? And given that the data exists to show you what you're good at and what you're not good at in sure. that, you know, you have a, a history of trades. So you have a, a footprint of every decision you've ever, you've ever made, why is it that nobody could answer this question for me? Tell me, what is it I should be doing more of and what is it that I should be doing less of? And don't just give me your opinion, show me actual hard data. So, so that's what we do at Essentia. Yeah, so when was that exactly? You said late 90s, when was it that you had that realization that there was that gap? Was it right around there? You said there was the decline, is that 02-ish? Yeah, I, I suppose I, I launched that fund in 01, March of 01. And I packed it in in 04. Yeah. So I slogged away, running very hard to stay in one place. And probably after a year of that, so say in 02, yeah, yeah. I said, this is ridiculous. If the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome, sure. that is, I, I am insane. That's yeah, what I'm were, doing. Well, I know that. No. <laughs> but, but no, I asked that question because here we are, 2019, right? Almost halfway through the year. And what you're offering is still state of the art. So mm -hmm. you're addressing this problem. Tell us a little bit more detail about what Essentia provides because it's a little bit more sophisticated. Like that's a realization of a need. Mm -hmm. How have you guys attempted to fill that need? Well, so you, the, the industry had to want to perform at a higher level in the first place. And, 
And that's now happening due to the pressures that exist in, in active fund management. Um, but what we do basically is apply the same sort of continuous improvement technology and ethos to fund management that athletes have been doing for the last 20 years. You know, So we take a client, in this case, a portfolio manager's historical trades and holdings, and we have market data that gives us some, some contextual information about what was going on in that name at that time. Um, and we put it all together and we look for patterns in the types of decisions they make most and the types of decisions they make best and worst. And then we, and we do that by breaking up a, a investment position into its constituent decisions. So there's a picking decision. That's only one piece of the puzzle. Did you pick the right stock? Then there's, did you buy the right amount of it? Did you buy it at the right time? Did you scale into your position fast enough? Did you, when you added and trimmed, are you good at that? Should you just not do that? And then there's a set of decisions on the way out. So we sort of decompose it and then look at just your entry timing decisions, just your adding decisions, and, and find out in what context do you add value at that task, if, if any. You know, there's some types of decisions that you're probably just not that good at, you know. And to me, the opportunity was in making fewer decisions and more money at the same time. You know, that's a winner in terms of return on energy expended. Sure. So let's find those opportunities. And so what we do is, is a bunch of data analysis, which we then sit down with the fund manager to talk about. And it's very important that the person who sits down and has that conversation has sat in the seat before and is sure. a former fund manager. So we have a, a team of, we call them insight partners who do that job. Um, can I pause you for two mm -hmm. seconds, just for the audience? Really, we're transitioning across the divide. You know this, I know this, but many people don't know this, and you and I have talked before about this. Behavioral finance has lots of diagnoses. Mm -hmm. What you first talked about is a diagnosis and, and revealing through uh, data gathering sort of what's going on. Like, mm -hmm. here's the evidence of what's going on, but the prescription has been wanting, and this is where it becomes very radical, right? Exactly. Trade data has existed for a long time. Exactly. The way you sort of is interesting, but here you are entering into the realm of I'll call it the frontiers of behavioral finance because yeah. now you're prescribing. You're saying, okay, what do we do with this? So yeah. please continue. Yeah, I mean, because it, that's an important divide. It absolutely is. And, and, you know, the analysis, as you say, could have been done years ago. And there have been people doing this sort of analysis for a long time. But it's a bit like going to the doctor and getting your blood work done and then walking away with a piece of paper that says what your levels are without maybe you understand some of it. But even if you do, you're probably not going to do anything about it. This is what we do at Essentia is about prescribing a treatment plan as well. And, and so part of that treatment plan is a human that sits down and talks with you. Um, but part of it is what we call nudging, which is um, basically email notifications that are either asking you to record why you're doing something so that we can analyze that later, but also just to help you make sure that you're thinking it through with the process that you intend to, because if we're honest, not, you know, you might have a brilliant investment process, but you probably don't follow it all the time, Sure. you know? So there's, there's the prompt to actually go through the paces of asking yourself, what kind of trade is this? Why am I doing this? How long do I think I'm gonna be in this name? What would cause me to get out right at the beginning so that you've got a plan? And then as we go, we're getting daily trade files from, from each of our clients. So where we've detected that somebody has a tendency to say, hold on to losers for too long. Um, we can nudge them to say, here's a list of names you're currently holding in your portfolio. 
that need your attention based on your historical behavioral pattern, click here to be put through your process. So again, it, it, it's not telling you sell, you know, historically you would have been better off selling. Now there's a rule that says sell because fund managers don't want to be told by a computer what to do. And the past is not necessarily predictive of the future. So it would be wrong to do that. But what we can do is say, click here and we're going to ask you three questions. And those are three questions you told us you wanted us to ask you the next time you were in this situation. So you've got lots of data now, not just uh, from individual customers of Essentia, you now mm -hmm. have collective data. Mm -hmm. and I know that's a valuable part of what you're trying to provide to the industry. Mm -hmm. You're generously providing that and white papers and things of that nature. Question for you of that data and of the things you're assessing, what's the biggest value add? Like of the biases, you, you mentioned also the timing of things, the entry point, the exit point, so on and so forth. What's the biggest value add? Where's that coming from? Or if you can't name the, mm -hmm. among the. Well, I can, I can tell you what the most common biases are that we see and, sure. and where the, the areas where we can add the most value are the ones where we can nudge you to, to, you know, heads up, be careful, which we can't do if we don't know that you're about to do something. If sure. you haven't traded yet, that's hard. Yeah. But where somebody has a loss aversion tendency or we've, we've recently published a, a bit of research about alpha decay. People have a tendency to overstay their welcome in an investment idea. and if Which, by the way, is interesting because, mm -hmm. of course, people frequently say you don't hold your winners long enough. Right. And that's a common sort of a fiction that is yeah. echoed. And right, there's almost a societal pressure society, you know, being the odd ecosystem that yeah. is fund management that says you, you shouldn't sell your winners, yeah. right? Which we see very rarely that people are cutting their winners too soon. Sometimes yeah. you see that. And sometimes, you know, you see a very long upward graph and the, and the managers only held it for like the very beginning of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for the most part, that's not the problem people have. The problem they have is holding on to it after it turns downward right. and it becomes a round tripper. And so, you know, there's a sell by date on your alpha ideas and it might be different for you than it is for me or for your longs versus your shorts or, you know, different types of, of investment within your portfolio, but we can slice and dice and figure that all out. And then we can nudge you to say, remember how we told you that your, your long ideas run out of steam after 11 months? Here are the names that are 11 months old. Have a look, answer these questions. That sort of nudge that basically just delivers a bit of deliberate decision-making into a, a situation where there would have been unconscious or, or you know, passive decision-making to not do anything, um, that makes a huge difference. So you see people make better decisions just for having had their attention called to focus on this thing right now, not on all the million other things that are happening at the same time. So for my last question, uh, and I'm going to contextualize it a couple different ways because, you know, they'll, get, they'll give you some freedom. Uh, the first is, what's the frontier of behavioral finance, right? So that's, a, and asked another way, Imagine yourself five to 10 years from now, and it's not a technology constraint, it's just an imagination constraint. Like a tech, amazing technology already exists to do biofeedback and mm. you know, biometric stuff. What's the industry look like? And I, I guess I can see why you would dodge that question, right? It might be revealing what you might be doing at Essentia, I have no idea. But mm. anyway, what's the frontier? What, what's the void that's still there that can still be filled with some of this information and, and what we could do? Well, I think the big one is that what we do is still considered to be nice to have. 
by managers. There's a certain breed of manager that's very into this kind of thing. Yeah. And it's usually somebody's wearing a Fitbit or, you know, that, that type of continuous improvement mentality. But that's not the majority. Yeah. Right? So I think that it's the allocators and the, the people who hold the purse strings who are going to drive the majority to take this into account and to say, gosh, we, sh we should look in the mirror. Oh, we have to look in the mirror before, if they're going to give us any money, they've required that we look in the mirror. And uh, we're starting to see that happen now, but the allocators don't have access to the granularity of data that we need to do a really good job at that. You can, you can do some stuff with what they have, but you know, you, if you really want to understand somebody's behavior, you need at least their daily trades. Um, so I think that we'll start to see allocators and managers come together on this concept and, and managers agree to either provide the data or, or enable us to get the data from their custodian or their fund administrator. And I have this... to cut you off. Oh, so okay. sorry. Okay. Yeah, but that's that's a great stopping point because sure. that bridge is a big bridge. Yeah. Thanks so much, Claire, for bringing, it was a being here. Copyright 2019, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.